Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey. I am your host. I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. We help you win at the game of business and marketing so you thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Please be sure to check out our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com where you will find a breadth and depth of topics relevant to business creators just like you. Also check us out on your favorite syndication network. We're on many of them. And be sure to follow us and subscribe to us so that you get all the latest content, which comes out on a very regular basis. We have a lot of great topics for you. Speaking of great topics, we have something today that we only feature on Business Creators Radio every so often because there are a lot of folks who say they know it, but there are only a select few who have demonstrated to me that they really have much of a clue about it because it's one of those things that's not hard to do, but there is a science to it. And once you master the science, it can skyrocket your business. In fact, when I created my first consulting business eight years ago, this was the platform that I used almost exclusively to build that business. I didn't worry about 20 other social networks. I didn't spend money on ads or anything like that. So none of that stuff that clouds things up and gets in the way, just simple, effective utilization of one platform, one of those ones that doesn't always get mentioned whenever we talk about social media marketing that really should be the very first one we mentioned because <laughs> it is a business platform. And we're referring to LinkedIn. And we're going to cover today how to build, nurture, and grow your digital relationships using this platform. To help us with that, we have Joanne Funch, who is the founder of LinkedInforBusiness.net. Let me just tell you a little bit about her. She's an expert at transforming professionals from making random connections on LinkedIn to strategic high-value contacts that result in more profitable and long-term opportunities. In the world of digital marketing, Joanne inspires business professionals to think differently about how they develop their connections, engage their contacts, and grow their business. This is key because I so often have people connect with me on LinkedIn, and then as soon as I accept that connection, I don't even have time to say, yo, what's up? And next thing you know, they're hitting <laughs> me with this stuff that makes me reach for the unfollow button. So when you listen to what Joanne has to say, that's not going to be a problem you're going to have. I can hear you over there, Joanne. You are just way excited to get started with this, so come on in. The weather's fine. Hey, Adam. Happy to be here. All right. So what we like to do here on the Business Creators Radio Show, and our listeners who tune in every week are aware of this, is first I read off the official bio, whatever you tell us to say about you. And what you gave us in a few sentences makes me wonder if I am eligible to be on the show with you. I, I, I'm, not sure I can, I'm not sure I can hold a candle to this, and it's my show. So setting that aside, what we want to do is I know that there are people who are leaning in right now. They have a separate tab open on their browser, and they're looking up Joanne Funch. They're looking up LinkedIn for business.net because they want to learn a little bit more about you. So let's take a step back and tell us a little bit about your pathway and what's brought you to where you are today, helping business creators 
serve from the intersection of their brilliance and their passion through building, nurturing, and growing their digital relationships. Awesome. Well, thanks for that, Adam. I appreciate that intro. Well, my journey began uh, way back in 1993 when I started my first business, which happened to be a manufacturing rep group. And I had a very unique niche at that time, and I served uh, the uh, retail stores on the U.S. military bases in California. And uh, that's kind of how I got my start into entrepreneurship. From there, I actually closed that business and, and combined it into another business where I actually was manufacturing some goods that we sold to the military bases. Uh, but at the same time, we also started a, a marketing business because we were very active in our local community and were able to help businesses grow back then. But fast forward my entrepreneurial journey to um, 2007, I actually relocated across the country back to my hometown of Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I started uh -huh. my life over over again, totally. And unfortunately, um, that was following the death of my husband, who was also my business partner. And after I relocated, I had no business. I had no business connections. And I needed a way to meet people and to understand what was happening in this city and to make some decisions about my life going forward. And so I started really um, using LinkedIn. I was an early adopter of LinkedIn, but I thought this is really a great way to reach out to people. And if you can remember back in the early days of LinkedIn, those people that were using it were active, they were responsive, and so I was able to build a network pretty quickly. Um, I'm also a curious person, and so that really helps me. I think it's a it's a trait that's always helped me, quite frankly, to build meaningful relationships. So, so after that relocation, I did decide to start my business over again um, and focus on internet marketing. Remember that term? <laughs> now we call oh, it yeah, internet I remember marketing. Back. Uh -huh. <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> And so now we yeah, call it's like when I, it's like when I, it's like when I hear somebody say squeeze stage, I know they're talking about something from another era. Exactly. Those of us who have been around yeah. a while, right? So I, yes. I, I, I currently work with established business owners to build their brand and their sales really through digital marketing as well as relationship marketing, which is really what I'm passionate about. And and the other thing I'm passionate about is I decided to be excellent at one social platform and not mediocre at all of them. And so I have focused all of my attention on LinkedIn. So that brings you up to date. Okay. Well, and, you know, as far as my social media, what I, what I recognize fairly early on is you need to treat each outlet differently. Uh, there's a way you can burst Absolutely. on LinkedIn, there's a way you can burst on Facebook versus Instagram versus Twitter versus Alignable, which, like LinkedIn, is more of a business-oriented platform, but it's still a different platform. But LinkedIn has its own particular magic and science to it. And I have had folks who go to my 
personal Facebook page, and they noticed that I'm posting a lot of stuff about how selfies kill people and uh, how we should have more plastic straws, and I also post stuff about cats and uh, the power of introverts and things like that, and they ask me, what the hell are you doing? You're not talking about your business. I say, yeah, because on a Facebook personal page, we know from not only testing, but from analysis of those tests that when you post things of human interest, they get a lot more engagement and bring people a lot closer to you on that platform. However, if you, like me, appreciate a space where we can have a straight-up business conversation, head on over to LinkedIn. That's where I do my business talk. So that's just an idea and a foundation for beginning to think about these platforms differently. Because when you go on LinkedIn, uh, you don't see a lot of cat videos. Uh, you right. don't see a whole lot of people shrieking about uh, political stuff. I mean, it's starting to make its way over there, but it's not nearly the same. And if you do the same type of stuff with those types of political, social issues and things like that on LinkedIn, unless you – are actually a politician or actually a political consultant or actually the head of an organization that deals with that social issue, it's considered kind of gauche and people are going to unfollow you. So the good news is if that stuff really irritates you, come over to LinkedIn. You can talk business. So exactly. I know you have a lot to share with us. Yeah, exactly. I know you have a lot to share with us, and we're going to work our way down here in the limited time we have together. So let's start with the number one question, and this is something that a few of folks asked me when they heard you were going to be here on the show. In your experience, Joanne, what does a great LinkedIn profile look like and need to include? Awesome question. Well, here's the – I want to preface this so people really get the fact that, you know, how we do business has changed, Right. And so people meet us online yeah. before they meet us offline. Um, people need to get that. And so the first impression um, needs to matter. And, and that's I, – I always need to preface that because if you don't get who you're speaking to and how you want to show up, it doesn't matter. So your profile, in my opinion, number one, needs to show that you understand the people you want to serve. So it's not about you. It's about them. And so having an awesome profile can actually attract leads and clients organically if you've done it right. It can obviously enhance your reputation, build your credibility, which is what you should be doing, and you want to establish trust. And all of these things are, are, are so possible if the profile is right. So that means you know, do I have a title and a headline that actually captures the viewer attention? Uh, is it interesting? I like to include a keyword or two in the title followed by some compelling words about what you do, yeah. um, maybe, maybe how you get results. How are you different? So I, I liken the example to if you say my name is John Doe, comma, realtor, what does that tell you? Nothing. Um, I think you're right. the other thing to, to consider, and I see a lot of still these days, is people not leveraging the big banner image that you can put above that. So when 
somebody invites you to connect or sees your profile the first time, the things that are going to jump out are that banner, your headline, your photo, and the first three um, lines of your summary. Those are the areas you need to nail right off the bat. Yeah, and I think that's all very important because what I've discovered, there are so many folks out there that say, I have a course for you on how to do your LinkedIn profile. And I've noticed, and I've taken a few of those courses, and I've read a lot of blog articles yep. about it, and I've done some consults on it, and I've made some changes to my profile over time. And, uh, you know, I used to ping pong back and forth, and I've gotten to the point right now where if I discover that there's really something magical I can do with the profile, I'll do with it. But otherwise, it's pretty much what it's going to be. I mean, because I and the reason I say that is not to downplay the importance of the profile. I'm just saying from my experience, there are more, there's more than one way to do a great profile, and in my personal opinion, it really comes down to authenticity, like which version of this um, is authentic. And I think what you've given us are some great guidelines on how to make those decisions on something that's authentic to you as the profile owner that is also going to relate to the reader, which is really the most important thing. They need to feel that it relates to them, so they'll want to connect with you and they'll want to engage with you. So let's move exactly. on to engagement, because I think this, yes. So let's move on to engagement, because this is where I think we're going to spend some time, and this is where I hear a lot of caterwauling about people who screw this up. And here it comes. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. Now you have your profile updated and optimized, or whatever you want to do with that, how do you begin to reach out to people you want to connect or do business with? Ooh, this is a hot button. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's funny. I have a whole uh ebook I produced about that very same thing. But, you know, here's here's the deal. You know, LinkedIn's all about relationships. And so if you want to build, you know, those authentic and valued relationships, you actually have to engage in a dialogue with people. So it's not enough to send that invitation if you're never going to actually converse with that person. So, right. so number one, I guess my, my number one tip here is you need to understand before you send that invitation, why are you sending it? Why do you want to connect with somebody? Have you even read their profile? Right. You know, it's it's doing the homework, right, before you actually make the connection. And then send that personalized invitation. That you want to make that first impression, right? That really great first impression. And to me, when I'm open my LinkedIn account every day, I always look at the first thing, the people who actually personalize their invitation to me. And those who did not are I put them in my I'll get around to you pile. So you haven't uh -huh. made a very uh, you haven't made a great first impression. So that's step number 1. And for those people who say I don't know what to say, uh, here's how I would answer that. Why did you want to connect with that person? If you met them let's say at a luncheon and you were seated at the same table, just say that. I enjoyed the conversation right. at the luncheon. I'd love to get to know you further. But it's so simple that people, I don't know, they, they get too much in their heads about it, and then they're not authentic. Oh, it's yeah. like you said, just yeah, be but, authentic. 
if I if I may if I may interject here very quickly, and I know you have so much more to say on this because I just no, need no. this to be said here. Um, if I have a conversation with someone, whether it's somebody I interview on Business Creators Radio, somebody I meet at a function, somebody I meet at the cigar shop and we talk a little business, or just somebody that I think would be a good networking uh, resource or partner, or somebody just to hang out with in some cases, if I'm yeah. sending the connection request right after I've spoken with them, I've said, hey, you know, I'm going to hit you up on LinkedIn, is that okay? And they say, yeah, I'll send a personalized message that says, that'll say something like this you knew this would happen someday, or come on, you know what to do here, or let's do this, or sometimes I'll say, you can do it. I'll just have some fun with it. I mean, it's like if, yeah. there, if there's a foundational conversation behind that connection, there's no need to send like 19 bullet points about the value I bring to your organization because we'll get to that. Right now, let's just exactly. you know, get connected. Agreed. Totally agreed. But I, but it goes back to that first impression. So leaving it blank sort of leaves, to me, you're setting yourself up for chance. Either I'm going to ignore the invitation, which a lot of people do. They're too busy. Right. You know, if, if you don't, can't yeah. take two seconds to tell me why, I'm just going to ignore you. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay, so, so basically what we've established is when you are sending a connection request to somebody, and LinkedIn does recommend, no, usually prompt you to say, hey, uh, connection requests to come with a personal message tend to get greater response. It's be authentic with that response. And, uh, and you know, don't go too far into, like, crafting the perfect marketing message. Just say what naturally comes to mind. And, uh, and I could also say, and I just want to get your thoughts on this, like, let's say, for instance, that the reason I am connecting with them is just simply because I'm looking to expand my network uh, with more people who do X. A lot of times I'll just say that. It's like, hey, I'm, I'm here. I'm looking to expand my network with exactly. more people who are interested in X or who do X. And, uh, hey, if they're looking to expand their network too, they're going to say, cool, I just expanded my network. And if not, not. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's. It's as simple as that, and yet you and I are talking about this, Adam, but people aren't doing it because I can right. tell you just in the last week I've had 10 blank invitations. So, Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's, so here's the next piece of that, and this is a really hot button. I see people grousing about this all the time is, okay, so you have you sent that connection request and you got them to accept it, or somebody sent you a connection request and you accepted it. So two part question: Who messages who first, and what do they say? So I, if I'm the one who initiates the invitation, I certainly tell people why I'm initiating it. Um, if right. they accept my invitation, I always follow up with a thank you. I, simple. Thanks a lot for accepting my invitation. And then based on what it was I, I sent them the invitation request for, I might say something like, you know, I look forward to seeing you again, or I look forward to a conversation, or I just look forward to being connected. Whatever it is, but I always respond with a thank you. Now, if right. I have just received an invitation from somebody, I 
obviously because of what I do, I immediately will respond to them. And particularly if I didn't get a personalized invitation, I might say, you know, hey, Adam, thanks for sending me the invitation to connect. What did you have in mind when you sent me the invitation? So I'm putting it back right. on them. And then usually I get a response from that. And if I don't, then I unfollow them immediately. So, yeah, I, I, uh, I, can, I, I can appreciate I, that because, yeah, because you want to you want a network that's going to be relatively responsive, and you want to uh, deal with people who are taking it seriously. And if they're not really engaging with you, that's not even necessarily a, a value judgment. It just could be a bad time for them. It could be. It could certainly could be. But I, you know, I believe that you know opportunities are born out of relationships and. I certainly am willing to help people along that path, uh, but at the same time, I'm not going to be a name collector. So I don't need right. a whole bunch of names in my Rolodex, but I'm always interested in meeting and engaging with interesting people. And so right. I will follow up with people um, a month down the road, and I think it's really simple these days. So it, from if you're on desktop on LinkedIn, it's real easy on the left-hand column when you're in messaging. You can easily scroll through the messages from everybody that you have communicated with in the past. So it takes virtually right. no time to scroll up and down that list and shoot somebody a quick follow-up message. Right. Right. Precisely. Does that make sense? So yeah, it does make a lot of sense. So this is so this is great, and I appreciate you reaffirming this. Uh, so basically, uh, either way you look at it, the initial conversation is basically thanks for the conversation or thanks for the connection. And if the person initiating the connection didn't state you know why they wanted to connect, put it back to them and find out why they wanted to connect. Now, if they did want to yeah. connect, I would imagine just you know follow up on that. And what I found to be very effective is if I made a new connection and, and I, I can't, I'm not really thinking about at least within this frame, you know, who connected with who, but let's just say connections there. Uh, and let's say that I view them as a potential prospect for say my podcast booking firm. I might make a real, I might send a real simple message that says, uh, you know, Hey, thanks so much for the connection. Uh, just wondering if, uh, if, uh, you or somebody you know may be interested in being a guest on podcasts. Just real simple. Yeah. You're great. Yeah, that's and excellent. I, and, and I found, yeah, and I thought, thank you, thank you. I, th I thought I was doing something right there because I found that when I keep it real simple like that, that I tend to get a lot more positive response. Now, let me define positive response. Uh, positive response is, yeah, I'd be interested. Tell me more. Yeah, I'd be interested. When can we have a conversation? Yeah, I'd be interested when we can we start. A positive response is also, um, thanks, but not for me. And I consider that a positive response because what they're doing is they are politely and professionally just letting me know that it's not for them right now, so don't spend time here. Because I'll tell you, because uh, I'll tell you that uh, there's nothing that irritates me more is when I follow up with somebody ten times. And then they get back to me and they and they claim 
that they they said, oh, well, we never said we were interested in that. And my response is, look, I, I'm a business person. Uh, I, I am responsible for growing a business. You know, if somebody's contacting me and I'm not interested in what they have to say, uh, I'm going to politely just let them know that we're not a prospect right now. And I'm doing that in service to them so that they don't waste their time on me because they need right. to be putting that energy where they're going to get yeses. And all I ask is people do the same for me. I mean, uh, you know, with, uh, with yeah. our podcast booking firm, um, we had an incident once where we were looking to book one of our clients on this person's show. And we went to this person's website, and we engaged with their live chat feature. And uh, the live chat, you know, whoever came on the live chat said, uh, you know, we just said, hey, uh, we see you have a podcast. Are you currently considering guest applications? And the person on, on, on the live chat said, uh, the person to connect with is so-and-so. Uh, here's his email and here's his LinkedIn. So we connected with mm-hmm. him. And uh, we sent him a, a connection request on LinkedIn, which he didn't accept, and then we emailed him. And we didn't get okay. a response on the email. And then a week later, we politely followed up on the email, just simply asking, uh, you know, are you considering guest applications? And he writes back, I told you, we, we don't deal with agencies. Don't contact me again. Now, you know what the funny part is, Joanne? The, yeah. person, who, uh, the person who told me, that gave me that very rude reply by email after I asked three times, was the same person I was live chatting with. <laughs> now, I, now, I, now, now, the best part is, yeah. is just for our record keeping, I had a screenshot of the live chat, and the live chat was very simple. I see you have a podcast. Are you interested in guest applications? Yeah. And, they, and they didn't say yes or no. They said, the person to contact is so-and-so. Here's his email address, and here's his LinkedIn. Now, if they didn't say no, that all the, and they gave me his contact information, what does yeah. that tell you? Right. So for so for well, him so for him to lie like that, you know, I, you know, you know what I wanted to say to him is I wanted to say, you know, you can have whatever attitude you want towards podcast booking agencies, but the fact is, people pay us to provide a valuable service. You might try being of service yourself by just simply politely letting people know that you source your own guests rather than rather than ignore us five times and then claim we're harassing you, which is a bunch of BS is what it is. So I'm bringing this story up just to illustrate from the annoyance perspective of how not effectively using LinkedIn or using any sort of connection platform and basically just not responding to people. Like people will complain that um, they're getting all these messages from people on LinkedIn, they, you know, this person keeps messaging me, I'm not interested. And when I hear somebody complain about that, I say, did you tell them? They'll say, well, no, I shouldn't have, no, no, you know, no, you know, yeah, yeah, you should tell them because yep. they are growing their business. They are growing their network and they see something in you that makes them interested. If it's not mutual, simply be of service and very kindly Tell them that it's not something you're currently interested in. That way they can say, thank you for getting back to me, and they can move on to better opportunities, which is what I wanted to tell this, this guy, this podcast host. I wanted to say, whatever you think of agencies, we provide a valuable service, and we're responsible for getting our clients booked. Uh, and and what, I, what I actually really wanted to say to him is, you know what, because you wasted my time that I could have been spending on better opportunities, I should probably invoice you. I wanted to do that because you're such a jackass to me, 
And I'm bringing this story yeah. up, even though it's not exactly connected to LinkedIn, just to illustrate, uh, just to illustrate how things get blown out of proportion because people don't know the simple rules of using this platform. If somebody's sending you message after message, just very kindly and helpfully say, "This doesn't really pertain to me right now." And you know, and, and, well, if, and if they ask a follow up, and if they ask a follow up question that says, "Well, who do you know that's interested?" Either tell them a name or don't. But other than that, just let them know so they can move on. Right. I think it's what you're really saying is professional courtesy. And, you know, we could spend a whole hour just talking yeah. about professional courtesy. But I'll tell you, yeah. um, if if people would just understand that, you know, professional courtesy stands out. I mean, it's unfortunate, right? We all should be doing it. But the more professional you are and courteous and kind and authentic, that's the a lasting impression that you can make uh, trying to connect with someone you don't know on LinkedIn. I mean, if your goal, which right. it should be, is to to find, build, and nurture relationships, then if you just simply are courteous and are thoughtful and kind and authentic, People will take the time to talk to you. They just will. <laughs> right. And, you so know, let's, let's I like to – yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, okay. No, so I'm just um, going to finish so that with saying – no, you go Okay, ahead. we both love this topic. So We love this topic so I, much. You finish. Go I ahead. Know. <laughs> well, I just wanted to say to make the point that, you know, LinkedIn is not – just a marketing or a sales channel in and of itself, right? It's a relationship channel, and it's where you build and nurture relationships. So how do you want to be treated? goes back to what you rant, right, about professional courtesy. Yeah. Simple as that. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, and, oh, and here's another um, pro tip. Um, because – Textual communication can be misinterpreted, and something that is just simply direct and matter of fact is sometimes indicated as rude. Um, if you type "thanks but I, thanks but this doesn't pertain to me," period, that may sound like a tell-off. If you type "thanks but this doesn't pertain to me," smiley face, now. See how just adding a little smiley face yeah. changes the entire feeling of the exact same phrase? Right. So look, so well, so look you've got, you got, you got it all done in one phrase. Exactly. And let me let me just give your, your listeners a tip on that as well. You know, on LinkedIn Mobile, on the mobile version, in the messaging platform, you can leave someone a voice message. And people are not utilizing that feature. And so, uh, you know, there's no confusion there, right? Leave somebody uh, just a quick, short voice message. It takes no time at all. You're not even typing. (laughs) Right. True, true, true. And, you know, um, and, you know, and, and and I could think that could be, sometimes as effective if not more effective than leaving somebody a voicemail on your phone because I've said so many times that the majority of people in today's world, unless they are expecting the call that's coming in, they know the person who's calling very well, and especially if that person who is calling is giving them money, unless those one of those or more of those three things are in place, they're probably not even going to answer the phone. And what's also interesting is the vast majority of people in this day and age 
don't listen to their voicemail. So, I mean, I think uh, realistically on my business telephone line, I think I've gotten two voicemails in the past three months. Mm, but I can tell you that I've actually gotten more. I've gotten more audio messages on Skype and Facebook, and now you're telling me we can do it on LinkedIn, so I may start doing it yeah. there too. And the fact that yeah. so few people are doing it is going to stand out. So I imagine with the, to the recipient it says, you've received an audio message, and there's a little button they can click play or something like that. Exactly. It, it shows up in their message at, with a button that they just play, and so it's super simple. Ooh. And again, nobody's using wow. it. Wow. Wow. Let me real quick here. I'm on, I'm on my LinkedIn right now. Let me just uh, pop open a message. Ooh, I have five messages. People like me. Okay. So if you went um, opened your messaging and you went to like you were going to maybe you looked me up and you were going to click on the blue message button and the box comes open and it says write a message. To the right of that, you'll see a little I microphone. I and see it. All you do is. Click the microphone and hold to record your message. As simple as that. I see it. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Okay. Very good. So before we have we have a lot to cover here, and we are you know halfway through this already. But I want to take okay. the messaging place, the messaging step thing one more level. All right. Okay. Here's another thing that people complain about. And let me let me paraphrase the, the grouse that I see. Well, especially on Facebook, they'll do it. Actually, they'll they'll say. I just got a connection request from somebody from LinkedIn. I accepted their connection, and within 10 seconds, they sent me this long thing telling me about all the stuff they do, all their consulting options, uh, all the books they've written, and they're giving me a link to opt in to download their free special report. Yeah, big mistake. <laughs> okay. Tell us, aside from the Captain Obvious, and, I'm, and you're here because you're the subject matter expert, in what ways is that a big mistake? I mean, other than the obvious. Yeah, so, I mean, um, it's such a turnoff, which is what you just said, when the first thing someone does is pitch you. I mean, if you think of it this way, right, you don't ask someone to get married on the first date. I mean, everybody uses that analogy, but it's so true. It's so simple. Right. So what makes you think the first interaction should be about you? You want to start relationships by giving and adding value. If, that, if you want to stand out and you want to make a great first impression, it's not with a pitch. It's absolutely not. And I think sometimes in business, people forget people are doing business with people. <laughs> Novel idea, I know. Yeah. But, it, I, know. I mean, you wouldn't. You wouldn't do that to a friend, so why would you do that to a stranger, right? Right. People just don't think. I mean, they, they, they're they so focused on uh, whether it's prospecting and so, you know, maybe they got a lot of pressure. they got to make 100 calls a day or reach outreaches a day, but that's just not the way to do it. It's not how you're going to make that great first impression. It's the great right. first impression comes from, reading someone's profile, commenting about something you read, or maybe they posted something. It's its really doing the homework first before you take those steps to, to prospect somebody. And I'm not suggesting you shouldn't, but I think that there's an order into which you do that. 
Right, right. Because as soon as I, because as soon as I see the first messages, uh, here, download my special report. I'm thinking, how do you know this matters to me, and why are you trying to get me on your mailing list? Right. Those are the first things that come to mind, and and then in response to that that comment, this is something you hear a lot about. You don't ask somebody to marry them on the first date. I myself, right. I'm, a, I'm a big fan. Uh, I'm a really big fan, and and this is ever since I was a kid. It's, one of the things I'm truly passionate about is the American presidency. I love everything about presidents. So, you, so I would be someone who'd be able to tell you that we've had a few of our presidents who actually asked the women who became their wives to marry them on the first date. Two that come immediately to mind are Calvin Coolidge and Lyndon B. Johnson. If you look at those stories, yes, they asked their wives to marry them on the first date. The wedding didn't happen until several years later in both cases. Yeah. Oh, great example. Because, because, she, didn't, because she didn't say yes right then. She thought it was, she, in both cases, the, the, the woman thought it was interesting. She thought it was, in, you know, bold and in some ways even attractive. But she wasn't saying yes to it, not to a guy on the first date. It just wasn't happening. Right. And people nowadays, we're all busy, right? All of us. And to, you know, I think it's, that's why it's just so important to let the person know that, that you care about them, that you've done your homework, that you've researched them, that you, you know, not, not being so cold. I mean, for heaven's sakes, we just don't need any more of that. And it doesn't work anyway. So there you go. Okay, so, so, so basically what you're being clear is no long messages with bullet points about all the things you can do for somebody and no offers to watch a video or download a special report or something like that. Not on the, not on the initial outreach, absolutely not. Yeah, see, see here's, here's what I've said about it, and I want to get your thoughts on it, is if you have a you – know, look, we all have special reports and we all have white papers. And we all want to get more people opted into our list because we've written this awesome 10-part follow-up sequence. It's entertaining, funny, informative, and educational that leads the person to sign up for a 15-minute strategy session that leads to getting business. We all have that. It's called a funnel. Uh, Right. And if you want somebody who's a LinkedIn connection to find their way into their funnel, first find out if the funnel applies to them. So So if I open with a conversation like, Hey, uh, you know, I, I see that you're such and such, and I was wondering if you have uh, an interest in X. And if they say, yeah, I have an interest in X, and maybe the conversation goes, maybe they throw a question at me or something, I say, you know what, I get that question all the time, and uh, I just happen to have a resource for you. So in that case, now I've ascertained that this is something that could be of interest to them. So when they do sign Perfect. up for it, and they're more likely to do so at this point, uh, there's a greater chance that, you know, the, you know, as I said, not only will they sign up, they'll actually take me up on it, but they'll engage with it because they were sent to it with it positioned as the answer to a question they asked. Exactly. I, that's, I couldn't have said it any better, really. You know, it's, it's really oh, discerning. It really is discerning, you know, whether or not, uh, a person has a particular problem. I mean, if you're in sales, you're not going to sell a widget to someone who doesn't need a widget. You have to discern first 
what it is that they need. So you have to get to know somebody. You have to open and get the invitation to carry on that conversation so you can learn these things. Right. That's you know, the, the relationship is, building yeah. piece. Yeah, and if you're invited to share the information, you're going to get a lot less people saying, oh, I connected with so-and-so and they immediately spam me. Well, it's not spam if you're asking for it. Right. All right. Exactly. So, so uh, next thing I want to move on to, and this is actually kind of a hot topic, is video on LinkedIn. It's new. It's exciting. What's going on with it? Well, you're correct. Um, LinkedIn actually is giving preference um, through their algorithm to video because they're trying to promote video. So, yes, it's a medium in terms of, you know, there's a variety of co content pieces that you can post on LinkedIn. We know that. But video would be number one. And the, and the tips I would give you on that is to keep that video under a minute and be sure okay. that you add captions to that video. Uh, uh -huh. and because particularly with LinkedIn, you know, people who are who are using LinkedIn oftentimes are at work and they don't have sound on. So it's super important, um, particularly on LinkedIn, to add captions. Now, I use a company called Rev.com. It's R-E-V.com. They're very inexpensive, yep. super easy to use. Uh -huh. So that's that's who I use to get my captions done. Um, you want to make sure that that um, the video is quick and to the point. You don't want to waste your one minute with 35 seconds of intro BS that no, nobody cares about. You just need to get into it. You need to hook people right away. Um, yeah. You want to make sure that in your text above that video that, again, immediately – um, what is this video about and why do I care? So right. immediately you want to jump into that. Um, you um, you want to make sure that the, the video content that you are uh, putting out there is um, really – you want to build your brand with it, right? Don't Don't put things that are so obscure or – Funny. I, I think it's a big waste of time. I think you want to use yeah. video and use it really well and make sure that it's branding who you are and what you want people to know about you or your industry, for example. Yeah. Um, uh, LinkedIn is going to offer a live feature. I don't it's, – it's right now it's sort of in their beta test, and that means it's only been released to – a few people to test it. I don't know if that's going to roll right. out to everybody or not. They say it is. Um, I'm not sure that's a good idea, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Exactly. You know, sometimes these things can end up being, you know, such a free-for-all that you could really harm the news feed, but we'll see, right? I'll give people the benefit of the doubt <laughs> on that one. Right. But – Right. Like in to, terms of yeah, like engagement and content, I would encourage you to try video. Okay. So right now you can pre-record a video. 
Um, your recommendation is keep it under a minute, so fast tip. Yeah. Um, do captioning. Yes. Do captioning. And um, yes. And make it make it valuable to the end user. See, I like I like all these things uh, for pretty self-evident reasons. And and see, this is this is another thing that I think that folks need to be aware of. And we've covered this. We've touched on this theme a couple of times when we said when you send a connection request. Send a short message that authentically explains why you want to connect with them. After the connection is made, don't be sending them like 19 bullet points about all the books you've written and your great testimonials and your, and your hot white paper and all that. Just say, hey, thanks for the connection. By the way, uh, are, you, are, you, are you or anyone you know interested in X? So just you know, put out there what you're looking for and let them say yes or no. And then we come to the videos where we're talking about something short, captioned, and to the point. The theme yeah. running through all these things is digital literacy. Right. People look at this on right. their smartphones. People look at this when they're scrolling fast. Attention spans are way down. One of the things that, um, and I've gotten a lot of comments on this, by the way, when I created my book, Groundhog Day is an Event Not a Business Strategy, the thing is written with maximum digital literacy. Uh, all the paragraphs are very short. In fact, the majority of the paragraphs are each one sentence only. There are lots of bullet points. There are headlines, subheadlines, and sub-subheadlines. And the reason I do that is because I want people to actually read the book. Right. And people will only be able to read in small bite-sized pieces at a time. Here's the analogy I give. Imagine two things. Imagine you're back in college or you're back in high school or whatever, and you have your assigned reading. You have to read Chapter 7 because there could be a pop quiz on it tomorrow. So you open up your textbook, you go to Chapter 7, and you're already flipping through the pages to see if there are any pictures. Why? Because your brain wants to know if it's going to get a rest. And if all you see are these long paragraphs in nine-point times New Roman, which is an ugly font, by the way, uh, that should be <laughs> abolished. And I, and I rant about that, too. Times New Roman should be banned. I hate it. But anyway, um, I digress. Uh, you're going to feel yourself getting physically tired just seeing that that's what you have to look forward to. You will read the chapter. You'll attempt to read the chapter. You'll go through four of the pages of Chapter 7, and then you'll think, what did I just read? I didn't pick up any of that. It's the same with connecting on social media. If you send people these long paragraphs, their brains are going to shut you down because they're going to get physically tired over the prospect of reading it. Whereas when you're short, to the point, digitally literate, that's when you stand out. Yeah, that's true. I'll, I will tell you, though, one of the other forms of content that's performing really well on LinkedIn are text-only posts. And the, a lot of those posts that are doing really well, when I say well, I mean lots of engagement with comments, happen to be longer-form text. But the uh -huh. key to success with that longer-form text is still continuing to keep it to one topic only, even if it kind of goes on and on, if it's compelling and if it's engaging to the reader, they will continue to read it. 
if it's longer. But the key, I believe, is to stick to one topic. So whether that's a video or whether that's a text-only post, keep it to one topic. Let me just add one thing to that. Let's say that you, um, let's say that you have a topic and you're saying, well, I can't just say one thing because I've got five things to say about it. I'll usually remind them that I probably heard them say something like, oh, I can never think of anything to say, anything to write, anything to make a video about. I say, yeah, because you're trying to cram too much into one. So if you have five things to say and now you're being told just say one thing, and at the same time you're wondering where you're going to find all your comment, do you realize that what's just happened is you've just literally walked into a five-part series. So now you have five opportunities to hit LinkedIn with that. Yeah. Exactly. That's five times. That's exactly you'll be right. On news feed. Five times you'll come to somebody's attention. Five times you'll raise curiosity. Five times you'll open loops that will remain open if people need to come back the next day to get more of. And five means a business week of content. All you have to do is get up and say it. Five things, one thing a day. Digitally right. literate, opening loops, maintaining attention, cliffhangers, leaving people wanting more, leaving, leaving people know there's another puzzle piece they're about to be shown, they'll keep coming back to your LinkedIn. So you use the simplicity of what's there. One of the things I Agreed. teach in Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy, is the power of minimalism to get maximum results. And a lot of the themes of our conversation, Joanne, have come back to minimalist approaches. Less is more, simple is more effective. And when you remember that on LinkedIn, in my opinion, that's where you get kind of your best, um, kind of you get your uh, best value. So we uh, have about 10 minutes to us here. Yeah, I know you have a little something to share with us. And and, uh, there's so much we could talk about here, but let me just pick out a couple more. Um, If somebody comes to you and says, you know, LinkedIn's not worth my time because everybody's on Facebook and Twitter. I'm not going to bother with that LinkedIn stuff. What do you say to them? <laughs> well, I guess I would ask them, you know, are the people that they that they are serving on LinkedIn? I think you need to know that before you make that blanket decision. If Particularly if you're doing any B2B business, chances are pretty good that the people you want to get in front of are on LinkedIn. So what's the ROI? Here's what I think it is. I think think you absolutely can reach the right decision makers, um, whether that would be a business owner or an executive. I think you can reach business owners. I think you can gain brand exposure and absolutely dominate your niche if you're doing it right. Um, I think you can build credibility for your personal brand. If you have a company and employees, you can build an employer brand very easily by showing up on LinkedIn. And I think lastly, you know, engaging with people that matter most. There is an ROI on that. And as you said at the very beginning of our conversation, people typically go to LinkedIn who are more serious about business and business connections. And they're focused on business purely. And so I think engaging with the people that matter most is you will get an ROI from that. Yeah. As I said at the very beginning, people look at – yeah, yeah. As I said, people look at my personal Facebook profile and they see, 
Oh, you're talking about the power of introverts and how selfies kill people and should be banned and your hatred of Times New Roman fonts and and uh, how you hate going on cruises and stuff like that. And my answer is, and, and they say, how do you expect to be taken seriously as a business person if you're not talking business? I say, all right, you want to talk business? Come over to LinkedIn. i got a business conversation going there all day long. Uh, and as right. I said earlier in this conversation, different platforms for different things. If you've made it to my Facebook, that means we're probably having more of a personal, a little less of a business conversation, and it's not for nothing. And as I said, I've tested this and measured this over and over and over again. When I go on my funny rants about stuff that you think wouldn't matter, my likes, my comments, my shares go through the roof. But if I say, hey, here's a tip from Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy, blah, 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 and here's the link, go buy your copy right now, it's two ninety nine on Kindle, crickets. That's not for right. nothing. It's designed right. that way. I want yeah. people to look to me and they say, hey, this is a funny guy. I love having conversations with him. He really knows his stuff. And in, in these rants, I'll work in some business concepts with seed-based marketing. And once they discover the know, like, and trust with me, then they're more likely to actually want to talk business. It's just right. a matter of awareness, platform, and context. It is. It absolutely is. I think that for some reason, you know, Let's face it, you know, LinkedIn is not the sexiest of social media platforms. And I think it's always sort of gotten a, a negative shake from a lot of people within the social media community. And yet LinkedIn probably is right now is hot, hot, hot. And if you haven't been paying attention, you should be at this very moment because there's a lot happening on LinkedIn, and a lot of people are finally getting it and migrating that direction. You may have noticed that yourself. Yes, yes. very, very much so. And uh, and as uh, other social platforms have become so much more polarized, and people say, you know, I'm really on this social media because I want to talk business, I want to make powerful business connections, they are fleeing from the other platforms and going to LinkedIn. And as I mentioned earlier, yeah. you know, we're still in a place where if you bring some of that hysteria and divisiveness and virtue signaling and stuff over to LinkedIn, unless you actually, like, work for an advocacy agency or you're a politician yourself or something like that, people are going to look at you like, uh, wrong room, go over there. Right. Right. Yeah, which, and I think which, people, which people... for those who are sick of that should make LinkedIn attractive yeah. to them. I would think so. I would think so. The other thing I want to point out while we still have a few minutes, too, is, you know, LinkedIn is really powerful in terms of search. It's it's a search engine. So, so number one, you know, should you be able to uh, – everybody should be out there Googling their name. And if you do Google your name, chances are that your LinkedIn profile is going to come up top of the heap. And secondly, right. when you're within the profile itself, it's a powerful search engine. It's really powerful in terms of finding people, finding companies. Um, and, and I just find that people aren't using it to the extent that they could. In fact, one of the other tips I oftentimes give people is if you have a search that's really working well for you on LinkedIn, you can save your searches. 
And what happens right. if you do that, LinkedIn actually will send to your inbox uh, any people that are, meet the criteria of your saved search. And so many people don't use that function. So there wow. are a lot of little things within the LinkedIn platform that people just aren't using. So to, to tell that, me that you think it doesn't up. work is, yeah. Yeah, so basically where we're ending is you're actually, you just gave us a powerful tip on how to make them, make LinkedIn work for you as a prospector when you're not even logged in. Save your search and it will send you recommendations. Correct. Awesome. Correct. All right, we are at the top of the hour. We have three minutes left. I want to give about one of those minutes to you. You said you have something for us. Oh, thanks, Adam. Well, if people want to learn more, I, I do have a really great download called Seven Ways to Transform Your LinkedIn Network. And I've really given you seven solid ways that if you followed them, absolutely your experience on LinkedIn will change. And you can find that at linkedinforbusiness.net forward slash podcast. And I'm sure you'll provide yeah. the link in your show notes too. And if people oh, want well, to get a hold of me, yeah. Pardon me? Go ahead. If people want to get a hold of me, they can find me on LinkedIn. I'm the only Joanne Funch on LinkedIn. Thankfully, I have an unusual enough name. And you yep. can find me on my website at linkedinforbusiness.net. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, so that's, link, that's linkedinforbusiness.net forward slash podcast. And uh, here at Business Creators Radio Show, our listeners know – um, we don't we're a high volume show, so we don't really take time out for show notes. But what we do do is we give every guest a profile that links back to their episode or episodes if they repeat. And within that profile, you'll find links to things that matter. So you'll be able to find uh, the link to what Joanne just said, uh, LinkedInforBusiness.net forward slash podcast. So Joanne Funch, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor, and believe me, an education. Uh, thanks, Adam. It was fun to chat with you. For everybody listening, this is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing so you thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.